MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is The Look Ahead with Scott Seidenberg on VSIN, the sports betting network. Scott Sandberg back here with you. It is the look ahead here on Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. You can always follow me on Twitter at Scott's on Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Follow us all on the network here at Beeson Live. You know, in sticking with the college football conversation, I wanted to go over some of my circled spots, which is something I like to do each and every week here on the show. And uh, I've talked about it before. There's a process that I go through when I decide which games I'm going to ultimately write up and which games I'm going to bet on. And that process is I look at the board, and without diving into numbers and recent outcomes and matchup statistics and things like that, I just circle teams that I like in those spots. And it's kind of just... A gut feel, first instinct, what do I think right away when I just see the game and see the spread? And then from those circled spots, I'll narrow down the field. I'll do some research. I'll pick out some spots that I really like. I'll dive further in and eventually come up with the two or three or four, however many games I'm going to decide to play on any given week on the college football schedule. So here are the teams that I circled when I first looked at this board. Uh, Pitt, South Florida, Penn State, Oklahoma, SMU, Houston, Utah, Boston College, Michigan State, Notre Dame, and Wake Forest. Now let's actually look at what those teams, uh, what those games are going to be and who these teams are are going to play. The first one is the first game here, which is going to be on Thursday night. It's Pitt laying six and a half against North Carolina. I think that North Carolina coming off that win over Wake Forest is clearly in a letdown spot. But also, they have to go on the road on a short week of preparation because the game is on Thursday, right? So it's a short week of preparation. They have to go on the road. And that game last week or on that on Saturday, that was a heavy, emotional, heavy energy game. When you're coming from behind, coming from 14 points down, and you're in that shootout of a back-and-forth affair, it takes a lot out of you. And so I'm going to fade North Carolina coming off of that back-and-forth affair, 
going on the road on a short week to take on Pitt, where I believe Kenny Pickett and that offense is going to have a field day against that defense. North Carolina's defense stinks. And I think Pitt's going to have a real easy time going up and down the field, scoring on them. So that's the first game that I circled. That's the Thursday night game, Pitt laying six and a half against North Carolina. Second game is on Friday, South Florida. And South Florida is 23 and a half point home dogs to Cincinnati. We've seen Cincy struggle the past couple of weeks. And I look at them barely escaping against against Tulane, the barely escaping against Navy. And honestly, I just feel like this is a team that is bending and bending and bending and is about to break. And I don't know if it's going to be before the AAC championship game or it's going to be in the AAC championship game against Houston because I promise you I will bet Houston as an underdog in that game. I promise you. But watching South Florida last week and watching quarterback Timmy McLean have his best performance of the season, I just wonder if they're going to be able to carry that over to a Friday night game at Raymond James Stadium and see if they can keep it close with Cincinnati. So that might be another one that I'm leaning towards. Elsewhere, it's Penn State against Michigan. And Penn State, this game is their season. Penn State cannot get to the Big Ten championship game. Those hopes were crushed when they lost three consecutive games to Iowa, Illinois, and Ohio State. They have two more home games left this year. This game against Michigan, next week against Rutgers, and then they finish the season at Michigan State. This is their Super Bowl. This is their defining moment of the season. And I think Penn State comes out, and I wish this game was at night, because if it was, I'd feel even more you know, convinced that Penn State would win this one. But I think Penn State's going to pull an upset here, and I think they're going to beat Michigan. And number six Michigan's going to suffer their second loss, uh, and I think Penn State's going to win this game. Up next, Oklahoma coming off of their bye week is going to Waco to take on Baylor. Baylor coming off their loss to TCU. Um, They just dropped down one spot in the rankings, which is pretty crazy, but I think Oklahoma rolls. Oklahoma knows that the season is ahead of them right now. They know that uh, if they just win their next three games, they will be in the Big 12 championship game. And if they win their next four games, including the Big 12 championship game, they're going to the college world playoff. Uh, perhaps there's a little bit of uh, un, you know, unrest and uh, they're not happy the fact that they're still ranked eighth. I know they didn't play last week, but 
that they have other teams that are ranked ahead of them that they feel that they are better than. And so uh, I think Oklahoma wins and wins pretty big. And they're under a touchdown favorite at Baylor. I I think it's going to be a big-time performance for Oklahoma coming out of their bye. Next game that I circled was SMU. Yes, SMU has lost now two straight games. They lost to Houston on the road. They lost to Memphis on the road. Now they return home to take on a UCF team that can't stop anybody. Central Florida has put together several, you know, nice wins, especially without Dylan Gabriel. When he went down, their season completely changed, right? They beat Memphis against a backup quarterback in Peter Parrish, and then they beat a bad Temple team and barely beat a bad Tulane team. Now they have to go on the road to SMU. I think this is a get-right spot for SMU, and I think they will absolutely blow out UCF. That spread is at a touchdown, and I think UCF, I think SMU wins by that. Other spot that I circled was Houston, sticking the American Athletic Conference. You guys know I love the American Athletic Conference. They are 24.5-point favorites over Temple. I think they blow the doors off Temple. Temple is not a good football team this year. Uh, Temple has lost four straight games. They got blown out by East Carolina, 45-3. to They got blown out by South Florida, 49-7. to This Houston defense is elite. And if Temple, has, which has only scored 10 points in its last two games, Temple, which has only scored in, in these four losses, four straight losses, at Cincinnati, at South Florida, home to UCF, and at East Carolina. They have combined to score 27 points in four games. Houston scores 27 points when they roll out of bed to get ready for a game. I think Houston blows out Temple. 24 and a half, they're going to win by 30 plus. Next game that I circled is Utah. The Utes into the top 25 uh, now with uh, their 6-3 and three record. They face Arizona coming off their first win in two years. I guess, two, three years. They snapped a 20-game losing streak, Arizona did. Well, they're about to start another losing streak because they will get blown out by Utah coming up on Saturday. Utah, 24-point favorites at Arizona. Boston College, a small two-point underdog. BC, a small two-point underdog at Georgia Tech. I loved what I saw from BC last week. Phil Dracovic came back from his hand injury, started on red bandana night, and they won outright. And I think that uh, if he starts and this team is just going to keep it rolling, they need one more win to get bowl eligible, and I think they get it here against Georgia Tech. Uh, Then there's the Michigan State game. I think Michigan State bounces back from their loss. They put a hurting on Maryland. Um, I think Notre Dame is another game that I circled. Notre Dame is playing at Virginia. They're laying five and a half. It's a small number. I think the Irish uh, win that game uh, pretty handedly. So those are the ones that I have circled here for the college football schedule. Tomorrow, 
I will give you the final picks and uh, let you know which ones I have narrowed down to be the official picks for this college football card for me. I'm Scott Seidenberg. You follow me on Twitter at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. With college basketball starting this week, now's the time to get your copy of our annual betting guide for only $10. This year's guide has everything you need to bet on the games all season long, including odds, trends, power ratings, and analysis for every team. Our team of experts, including Greg Hoops-Peterson, Matt Humans, and Tim Murray, provide their predictions for win totals, futures, conference champions, tournament teams, and player awards. Sign up today and get your copy for only $9.99 at vcin.com slash subscribe. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. It is the look ahead here on vcin, the sports betting network. You can follow along on Twitter at scottsonair, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. The college basketball season did tip off here on Tuesday and a couple of upsets with some smaller schools beating uh, the larger schools, uh, but in terms of the overall outlook, you had underdogs going 38-30 and two against the spread, and unders went 49 and 21, 70 percent unders in the first night of the college basketball season. That is pretty wild. And the underdogs going 38 and 30 is interesting as well. When you look at uh, what's coming up here on your schedule for Wednesday, um, yeah, another full slate of games. Only two teams in the top 25, though, in action, and that is number six, Michigan, a 15.5-point favorite over Buffalo. Number 20, Florida State, a 19.5-point favorite over uh, Penn. And if you just look at the rest of the Division One schedule, Games that have lines that are of uh, interest here. Uh, Wake Forest is a 14-point favorite over William and Mary. Uh, Other games with lines. Penn State is an 18.5-point favorite over Youngstown State. Uh, You have here, let's see, um, Pacific. Hey, we like betting on Pacific. They are a four-point favorite over Northern Colorado That game being played in Honolulu, Hawaii, part of the Outrigger Hotels Rainbow Classic. Love these early season college basketball tournaments. It's just just tremendous um, when you have these. So those are the games that have lines um, as of right now because a lot of these games still don't have uh, lines out on them. But yeah, Pacific and Northern Colorado in Hawaii. You have Long Beach State is a six-point favorite over Idaho. Uh, Florida Atlantic laying two against New Mexico. Wyoming is four and a half over Detroit Mercy. And let's see, Central Florida, 18 and a half over Robert Morris. So those are your games coming up on Wednesday in college basketball. You know, I look at the odds to win the national championship and... Gonzaga is your favorite. 
And they're the best team right now in college basketball. I mean, that program has just when you know what Mark View has done, it just it, it cannot go understated, right? Gonzaga is your favorite, but do you want to bet the favorite? Like, is there value on another team outside of the top favorites? Right away, I would say Duke. You know, we know Duke's capable of winning the ACC. They're the favorites to win the ACC. Right now, Duke to win the ACC is plus 230 as the favorite. Florida State is plus 450 as the second favorite. And Duke to make the Final Four is plus 425. Like your Final Four favorite right now, Gonzaga plus 190, UCLA plus 350, Michigan plus 350, Villanova plus 380, and Duke plus 425, Kansas plus 425. All of this is so... It's kind of bizarre to to bet it because, <clears throat> excuse me, it all matters about the draw, right? Like it all matters who's going to be in your bracket. Now you could have a situation where uh, Gonzaga is the number one team in the nation. They're undefeated, and that includes a regular season win over Duke. And then Duke, with maybe two or three losses, is not a one seed, but as a two seed, and as the two seed in the region with Gonzaga. And then you're looking at a Duke-Gonzaga rematch in the Elite Eight. You know, things, things like that happen. So uh, it's, it's kind of hard to bet on who will make the Final Four. Or, but betting on a winner, there are some long shots. There are some value plays here. Like I said, Duke plus 1,400 is pretty interesting to me. Uh, and then also looking at uh, Kansas is the same, plus 1,400. So having those two teams are rather interesting um, bets to win the national championship. To win the conferences, let's see, to win the Big East, Villanova is minus 105. UConn is next at plus 380. I think it's Villanova's conference to lose there. The Big Ten, very interesting conference. Purdue plus 320. Michigan plus 320 as well. Ohio State plus 450. Those are your uh Three favorites there. In the Big 12, it's Kansas plus 160, Texas plus 225, and then it drops down Baylor plus 600. And in the Pac-12, UCLA is plus 105, and then Oregon plus 350, USC plus 650, and so on and so forth. Um, In the SEC, Kentucky is plus 425, Alabama plus 450, Arkansas plus 500, I actually like Kentucky to win that conference, and at plus 425, best odds you're going to get of the odds for everyone else to win their conference. So I actually kind of like that, Kentucky plus the 425 to win the SEC. But that's where you're at right now with this college basketball season. Uh, I mentioned the unders. Unders 49 and 21. And if you're looking at the games in the top 25 on Wednesday, Michigan and Buffalo has a total of 150.5. Florida State and Penn has a total of 148.5 as of right now. Coming up in a few minutes, we're going to be joined by uh, Jim Root from the three-man weave. We'll talk a little bit more uh, college basketball with Jim, get his thoughts on the first day of the college basketball season and what he thinks about uh, some of these games moving forward as uh, the three-man weave does a tremendous job covering college basketball.
I wanted to touch real quick on the NBA while we're talking basketball. Uh, it was just a small schedule of three games on Tuesday. The Bucks, all favorites won. Uh, all favorites covered. Bucks beat the Sixers 118-109. Jazz over the Hawks 110-98. And Clippers over the Blazers 117-109. to The Blazers, they're 0-5 away this season. They have not won a road game yet this season. So something to absolutely keep an eye on. Uh, but coming up on Wednesday, a couple of interesting games that jump out to me. First off is the Bucks playing the second out of a back-to-back, have to go to Madison Square Garden to take on the Knicks. Knicks right now are a three-point favorite. Uh, we saw what happened the last time these two teams played. The Knicks went to Milwaukee and beat a shorthanded Bucks team, 113-98, but they were down big early, and they had to come from behind to win that game. Um, have to see who's playing before I feel confident placing a bet on that, but uh, the Knicks would be my lean, but again, have to wait and see who's playing. I do like two games. I do like two spots here. The Nets are in Orlando to take on the Magic. Nets are coming off a loss against the Bulls. It's been a uh, long road trip for them. They now take on the Magic, and the Magic, uh, the Nets, excuse me, are a nine and a half point favorite. The Magic are coming off coming off an upset win over the Jazz, 107-100. I think that they're going to be, you know, very elated after that win. But I expect the Nets here to uh, take out a little bit of frustrations, and I think that the Nets win big. So I would actually consider laying the 9 or 9.5. And, and the other game that has uh, a relatively larger spread is the Golden State Warriors, who are uh, seven-point favorites against the Timberwolves. The Warriors are 9-1 and one to start the year. They're covering at, at such a, an incredible margin. They're 6-1 and one at home. Minnesota, meanwhile, coming off, they've lost, what, five straight games? So you have a team that has lost five straight games uh, playing their second road game you know, the, in a row, going from Memphis now to uh, San Francisco, and it's just a mismatch. So I, I think the Warriors absolutely blow out the Timberwolves here on uh, Wednesday. But let's get back into college basketball. As I mentioned, Jim Root from the three-man weave will join me here on the program. We're going to get his thoughts on the first day of college basketball and what he thinks about uh, this schedule coming up on Wednesday and the rest of the season in general. I'm Scott Seidenberg. You follow on Twitter at Scott's On Air. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. VEASAN midseason football special is here. For only $99, you get everything VEASAN has to offer from now till the end of the NFL playoffs. Daily best bet emails, 24-7 video streaming, betting splits for every sport, point spread weekly, plus in-depth data and analysis on VEASAN.com and the upcoming College Hoops betting guide. This is a great deal at only $99 for the rest of the football season. Sign up now at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. 
Scott Seidenberg back here with you. It is the look ahead here on VCND Sports Betting Network. Joined now by Jim Root from the three-man weave covering all things college basketball as we celebrate the first day of what is going to be a long marathon of a college basketball season. Jim, how did you enjoy opening day here on Tuesday? I, I think my brain nearly exploded. Uh, there, there were just too many games. I, 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 there's so many things I wanted to track on day one, and there was just too much happening. Like, I, just I would try to look at a box score, watch a little bit of a game, and suddenly my, my eye got caught by something else. I was scrolling through the scoreboard at one point and was just like, this never ends. It feels like I'm falling out of a plane. It's just going forever and ever. Um, but there was a lot to a lot to catch up on. That's for sure. I've been trying to get through as many box scores as I can uh, in the interim right now. And it, it was a wild day. Lots to take away. That's for sure. Uh, any big takeaways? Uh, let's start with the Champions Classic first. Uh, Kansas beating Michigan State and then uh, Duke over Kentucky. Any big takeaways from both of those games? I, I Kind of a general overall take. I, I think all four teams were really good. And, and, you know, Michigan State maybe not feeling the most encouraged going down by double digits. but I think Kansas is awesome. Even though they didn't have Jalen Wilson, they've got some playmakers in the backcourt that they lacked last year. And that is a top three team to me, two or three for Kansas, uh, especially when they get Wilson back from suspension. And so I don't think Michigan state has anything to be ashamed about. I thought the uh, Max Christie looked pretty good. The freshman guard, AJ Hogard looked solid coming in at point guard between him and and Tyson Walker. I think they'll get solid play there. And, And the bigs held up reasonably well against McCormick and then in the other game, Kentucky and Duke, I, we will not have an NCAA tournament without those two this year. <laughs> they, they were awesome. Uh, they looked like every bit the blue blood that they are. They've got talented freshmen. They've got really good transfers. And, and I just, I, I was impressed by the level of basketball in both of those games because, you know, I, I watched some slot today too, and those two were really, really high level. Is Duke going to be a team that we're looking to play on this season for the Coach K farewell tour? I, I think so, and I won't say because of the farewell tour. Although you know, maybe the the officiating is going to be uh, there for them. I know they took they took a ton more free throws, but they kind of deserve to. They're they're hyper physical. Just Trevor Keels embodies everything about them. This the six four, two hundred and thirty pound power wing that was just driving into Oscar Shibway, driving into the lane completely undeterred. He's he's a running back. He's a linebacker uh, out there on the court. Really impressive to see, and then just you go down the line with them: Banchero or Bancaro, Mark Williams, Theo John. Uh, they, they've got a ton of size all over the lineup, and, and they make a point to attack the basket. So I, I think they're going to get a lot of calls. People complain about it, but they're going to deserve a lot of calls. To be to be honest, this year, uh, Gonzaga's number one. How much better are they? than the field. And I guess we're going to get a sense of it, I guess, later on in November when they play here in Las Vegas. They're going to play UCLA and Duke in back-to-back games. But are they head and shoulders above everyone else? I'm not sure. They didn't go nuts against Dixie State today. I think they only won the first half by 15. It wasn't like they were running away with that one. Uh, And I was relatively impressed by, like I said, the, the teams that we saw at Champions Classic. So, Gonzaga does have that test against Texas this coming Saturday. That's going to be the real, like, the, the first dress rehearsal for, for the big season for them. Uh, but they're working on incorporating some new parts. Like, their entire wing crew is new. Chet Holmgren, obviously, kind of a, a strange player. He's awesome, but he's strange, just the way he's thin. <laughs> and and his, he, he's, like, a little, he looks slow because he's so tall. It's almost like when Ant-Man gets huge in Marvel and he has to move slower. Um, but... 
there's just they've got some kinks to work out i think still they're going to be my, they're, they're my number one team but it's not head and shoulders above last year or, or like they were last year when they played iowa on a neutral floor and were a 10 point favorite uh, it's it's not quite to that degree this time around Talking to Jim Root from uh, Three Man Weave, covering all things college basketball. You follow Jim on Twitter at Second Chance Points and uh, Three Man Weave at 3MW underscore CBB for all things college basketball there. Uh, let's take a look at Wednesday's schedule. Two teams in the top 25 that are in action on Wednesday. Number six, Michigan takes on Buffalo. They're laying 15 and a half at home. Do we like the Wolverines to cover this big number? I'm nervous. We were talking about it before we got on air, how great the dogs were today. And to me, it felt specifically like really big dogs were very good. On the road, they went into the suddenly packed houses of these home favorites. And I don't know if they were nervous, the home favorites were nervous to put on a show in front of the crowd. But usually, <laughs> I think on day one, the home favorite's going to roll. They're going to play their rotation most of the game. Even if they're up 20, they're going to be able to extend late. We didn't really see that today. A, a lot of close, close shaves for teams that weren't really expecting it. So looking at Michigan, they're playing a team in Buffalo that is hyper-athletic, potentially the, the best or second-best team out of their conference, the Mid-American. It's going to be tough for Michigan. they got the new point guard. They've, they've got a freshman starter in Caleb Houston, and, and the bench is going to have a couple more freshmen coming off of it. I think Buffalo can hang around here as long as they don't uh, you know, get lit up from downtown with, with Michigan shooting. but. I sort of lean towards the dog in Buffalo. Okay. What about the uh, second top 25 team in action? And that's number 20, Florida State, laying 19 and a half against UPenn. Yeah, this this one seems like trouble for Penn. Uh, they, they haven't played in over a year. They've got a couple guys in, in that are good, potentially going to start for them that haven't played in two years wow. due to injury. And now they're going up against a, a mega athletic squad in Florida State. You know what you're getting with Leonard Hamilton's team. Super switchable couple of pro prospects sprinkled out here and there, although they don't have the like lottery talents this year. They, they've got a couple guys that'll probably collect some paychecks in the NBA. And with Penn, you know, they're more precision based with their offense. And now that they haven't had uh, games in, in recent past and, and they're just trying to, you know, get it all together from practice, I'm a little nervous backing them to start. So lean towards Florida State and, and possibly the under, just because I think Penn's offense is going to really struggle in this mm, one. Yeah, okay. So I think you've talked me away from Michigan, and you've talked me on to Florida State. So I'm going to make a note there about Florida State. This is, uh, this is <laughs> great, because now you, you can just blame me. You're yes, like, well, exactly. You me. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> uh, in terms of the futures market here, um, any solid picks that you have solidified for conference winners, like Duke is plus 230 to win the ACC, Florida State is the second favorite at plus 450, North Carolina as well there at plus 450. The other one that I was looking at was um, Kansas to win the Big 12 is plus 160, where Texas is plus 225, and then it goes further down the list. But uh, any conference winner future jump out to you? I'm holding off on Kansas right now, even though I, I think they are the number two team in the country. I just want to get one more litmus test on Texas. If they go into Gonzaga on Saturday and win, then I, I think that's going to basically be a coin flip come Big 12 season. So I'm staying away from Big 12 right now. But the ACC, that's intriguing. Um, Duke clearly looked the best today of the ACC squads, I think. you know Syracuse blew out Lafayette, but that, that doesn't really matter. Yeah. Virginia lost at home. I don't think Tony Bennett's crew is going to be good enough to, to make a run at the top this year. Louisville struggled with Southern, a SWAC school, barely won by double digits. 
I'm starting to think this might be Duke's year, even though they haven't won the regular season since I think 2009. They haven't gotten the, the ACC one seed, which is crazy. But like you mentioned, it is Coach K's last year, and this team is <laughs> uber talented. So perhaps they send him off into the sunset with that ACC crown. Uh, one final question here, and it has to do with the conference. And we talked a little bit about Michigan, but who is the best team in the Big Ten? Because I think right now you can just go like this, cover your eyes, and just pick one between Purdue, Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State. I don't know who's going to win this conference, Jim. I, if I had to, you know, gun to the head right now, I think I would say Purdue would be my pick to win. Uh, we didn't see anything useful from Illinois today because Curbelo was out, Coburn was out, Trent Fraser was out, arguably their best three players, <laughs> most important three players. So we, we don't learn anything there. Uh, Ohio State really struggled at home with Akron. Uh, it was, you know, almost needed overtime. We had, had the buzzer beater to win there. Uh, but Purdue ran out a pretty good Bellarmine squad. I, I, I was impressed by that performance. Uh, they put up 50 in the first half, ended up putting up almost 100 on a really good squad that almost won the A-Sun in its first Division One season last yeah. year. Uh, I, I think I'm giving the nod to Purdue, but totally reserve the right to change my mind if Michigan goes nuts tomorrow against Buffalo. <laughs> there he is. Jim, appreciate the time. Thanks so much, and uh, looking forward to more work there at the three-man weave. It's, it's going to be a great college basketball season with fans back in the arena. There's nothing like it, man. Thanks so much. Yep, thanks for having me. Like you said, it is a marathon. A lot of games in the future. <laughs> yes, it is a marathon. Yeah, we'll be looking forward to those games here in Vegas uh, in the Empire Classic uh, coming up at the end of the month. I'm Scott Seidenberg. You follow along on Twitter at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Coming up next, we'll get back into the NFL and take a look at some of the circled spots for the Week 10 card. Much like we did in college football, we'll do it for the NFL coming up next. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. a new prop tracker now available on vcin.com to help you to keep up with key NFL props. Head to vcin.com to get current odds as well as the movement each week to follow the trends and find the best value. Track the odds for MVP, head coach, rookie of the year, and more. Check out the prop tracker, betting splits, key trends, and matchup data for every game now at vcin.com slash NFL. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. It is the look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Let's take a look at the NFL slate for week 10, which will get kicked off on Thursday night with the Baltimore Ravens at the Miami Dolphins. And who doesn't have the Ravens in a teaser already this week? Seems like everybody, right? I don't think the Ravens are going to be losing to the Miami Dolphins coming up on Thursday night. Ravens seven and a half, though. Tease it down. And who do you want to tease it down with, right? Because that's the the question. Got to find a dance partner. Is your dance partner going to be the Steelers? Is your dance partner going to be, you know, teasing the Steelers down from nine to, to three? Uh, getting them below a, a a touchdown is your is your dance partner going to be teasing somebody up 
like the Browns from one and a half to seven and a half. A lot of interesting numbers here on this board. But let's go through the slate here in the NFL and talk about some of the quick circled spots that I went through. The first one right there is the Ravens. Ravens coming uh, out of their bye, and I think just, well, not out of their bye, but coming out of a, uh, they're preparing for a mini bye here. But the Ravens coming off, um, you know, Lamar Jackson come from behind play this season has been incredible. I mentioned the stat with our very own Dave Ross when I talked about Lamar as the possible MVP at plus a thousand is that the Ravens prior to this season with Lamar Jackson at quarterback were 0-6 when trailing by double digits in a game. This season alone, Lamar Jackson has now won three games in which the Ravens were trailing by double digits. He is also the first quarterback in NFL history to have 2,000 passing yards and 600 rushing yards through his team's first eight games. So the Ravens now go on the road to take on the Dolphins. Miami coming off a win against the Texans. Uh, I think that the Ravens send the Dolphins uh, back down to earth and the Ravens win big in Miami on Thursday night. But, hey, these primetime games, they've been close, right? So I think I'm more comfortable teasing the Ravens down. Although last Thursday was a blowout, right, with the Colts and the Jets. Maybe that's probably what we're going to have here again with uh, the Ravens and the Dolphins. Uh, The other game that I circled is uh, the Patriots against the Browns. I think the Pats are headed towards... A special season. I'm not talking Super Bowl, but I think they can give the Bills a run for their money in the AFC East. And I talked about it on yesterday's show when I said that taking the Patriots to win the AFC East was a pretty good value bet. It's at plus 350 right now on DraftKings, and I think that there's a chance that it could happen. You know, they play the Bills coming up twice, and, you know, they're just a half game behind them right now, and I think that it's a good value for a team that's playing really good football in the New England Patriots. And you look at some of their losses, and it's it's almost, you know, you can, you can explain away every one of them, right? Ter- you know, the, the, the wild game against the Cowboys, uh, they should have covered, but they didn't. They lost in overtime by a touchdown. Uh, the loss to the Dolphins in week one was just ridiculous with, obviously, um, Damian Harris fumbling there. Uh, and if he doesn't, he's going into the end zone. You know, you don't fumble going into the end zone, and, and the Patriots uh, win that football game. So I like the Pats, and uh, the Browns certainly looked good last week, but I think uh, – you know, could be a little bit of a letdown spot maybe um, here against the Patriots. Another spot that I circled is the Tampa Bay Bucks. I think that uh, Tom Brady's on a mission this season to win the Most Valuable Player Award. He's your favorite right now. Uh, he pretty much knows that he could have a stranglehold 
on this award if he has a big-time performance for the rest of the season. Because last week, everybody that was up on the top of the favorites list just came down. No one had a good week last week. Everyone took a step back, except for Lamar Jackson. Excuse me, but Josh Allen took a step back. Kyler Murray didn't play. Matthew Stafford took a step back. Aaron Rodgers didn't play. Dak Prescott took a step back. So everybody taking a step back, or and some guys not playing, and Tom Brady's sitting here like, yeah, you know what? I'm the co-favorite. I, I'm going to win this thing. So I think Brady separates himself from the pack. He's got He has a big day, and the Bucs blow out Washington. Uh, I did circle that Panthers game. Talked about it earlier with our very own Dave Ross. I think the Panthers making a quarterback switch due to injury, but also due to poor play, because it's going to help them out. I think PJ Walker makes them uh, does you know can be a little more dynamic for them offensively. And the Cardinals, if Kyler Murray sits out again, uh, I'll you know we'll see what happens. But Colt McCoy looked very good last week. I'm not saying the Panthers are going to win. But I think they keep it a little closer than 10.5 is what the line is right now. Uh, I think the Chargers were a team that I circled. Uh, I could see them blowing out the Vikings. Um, and then the Raiders, certainly Raiders at home, <clears throat> getting a field goal, or it's actually back down now to 2.5. Opened up at 3, went down to 2.5, went back up to 3, down to two and a half again. I can't trust the Kansas City Chiefs in this spot. I just can't. The Chiefs couldn't score on the Packers last week, and they couldn't cover against Jordan Love, and they shut down Jordan Love until the fourth quarter when they gave up a touchdown. That wasn't the surprising part. The surprising part was, well, I guess it was a little bit surprising because of how bad their defense has been all season, but they were able to come up with a big day, albeit against a guy getting his first NFL start. So let's kind of pause a little bit on there. But what was surprising was this Kansas City offense. Only able to, you know, barely able to score against the Green Bay Packers. So... I don't know. Against the Vegas Raiders, who are coming off a loss that I'm sure they would like to have back because the Giants are just a terrible football team, especially at home. I was very surprised by that. I think Vegas holds their own at home here against the Kansas City Chiefs. They get up for games like this. And on a Sunday night at Allegiant Stadium... I know there's going to be a ton of, of, of Chiefs fans there. It's going to feel like Arrowhead West with all the Chiefs fans that are going to be in that building. But I think the Raiders get up for a game like this. And we've seen it throughout their season, right? The Raiders have uh, gotten up for, for games like this. You know, they, they, the, the, look at the game against uh, the Ravens earlier in the year, right? You know, they, they they win that, and it's surprising that they win in overtime, but they get up 
for a big game like that. They get up for a game against uh, the, the Steelers on the road. You know, they get up for some of these games and maybe not so much for games against, you know, the Giants. But I think against the Kansas City Chiefs on a Sunday night at home, they get up for that game. So I do like the Raiders. If it goes to three, three is the number you want, obviously. Two and a half, not so much. Three is the number you want in that game. I'm Scott Seidenberg. You can follow me on Twitter at Scott's on Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Those are just some of the circled spots that I had here for the uh, NFL slate here in week 10. Uh, plenty more to discuss with the college football playoff rankings, college basketball. Our very own Matt Humans will join me coming up a little bit here on the program. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. to bet smarter on Saturdays. The VEASAN experts have you covered. We're tracking line movement, studying matchups, and finding value across all of college football every week. Whether it's betting the biggest rivalries or surprise underdogs, a VEASAN 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 or surprise underdogs. 